welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Myself, Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse, and Dr. Eugene Zamperone. And we bring you the natural nurse and Dr. Zig. And something you can do, even right now, if your phone is nearby, is just look on your podcast app and you can download the natural nurse and Dr. Z pretty much on every um, place where there are podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts and I don't even know all of them. I'm not really a big podcast downloader myself, but I have been contacted by people literally all over the world who listen to The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, and we are so happy to hear from you. You can get in touch with us directly by going to naturalnurse.com. And people have joined us from all over the world on our many podcasts and trainings. Um, So we have lots of classes. One that is coming up this very week is called FDA, FTC regulations for herbal products. And this is second in a series. We have one that's called Herbal Manufacturing Legal Considerations. That's still available for you to take. But now we're doing one on November 12th. And that one is focusing on some of the new regulations. For instance, they just passed regulations about salves. And lotions, let's say you like to make salves and you like to sell them on Etsy. Well, you are now regulated by the FDA and the FTC, and they are going after people big time, even very small manufacturers, even on Etsy. So if you're having verbiage saying that something gets rid of wrinkles, let's say, in terms of a salve, You have to have backup data. And then what about your manufacturing facility? Is it GMP? Is it registered? Et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sorry to tell you that saying I didn't know does not get you off the hook. It's like you were driving and you said, oh, I didn't know I needed a license. Not knowing doesn't help at all. So if you are planning to make herbal remedies, for yourself and your family, let's say for holiday gifts this this season, please go ahead. And in fact, you can take our class to find out how to do that. We teach specifically how you can make herbal remedies, tinctures, extracts, herb tea, salves, and lotions. It's all in our book. In fact, The Natural Medicine Chest And we have many, many books available on different topics in holistic medicine at naturalnurse.com books that Dr. Zamplorn and I have written. But in terms of the legality, that comes into play if you make it and everybody in your life loves it because you give it as gifts and you have it at home and everybody said, wow, your skin looks so great. What are you doing? And you share that with them. That's all fine. It's when you decide, wow, everybody loves this. It would be good to sell it on Etsy. My herbal products, extracts, tinctures, salves, lotions, tea even is also regulated. And then you're suddenly visited by the FDA. They come to people's houses. They take their computers. They take all their stock. And if they just took it, that's not so bad. But then you get the fines. The fines are huge. Um, It's about $50,000 per incident. And if they say, you said something illegal online, such as my salve gets rid of wrinkles, 
okay? Um, and then you also have it on a brochure, which is also considered labeling. So in, in many cases, I actually discourage people from starting up a small herbal sales company. You can do something else in natural medicine, like you can do education, as long as you're not having a product, a manufactured product. If your product is a book or a lecture, that they're not regulating as much. But if your product is a physical herb, that is regulated. So if you are even thinking about doing it, I suggest that you stay informed and take a class. We have one this Sunday. And if this time is not good for you, once you register, um, you can take it any time because then it's posted on the archives. So that's coming up. Then for those of you who would actually like to become much more knowledgeable in terms of the use of herbal medicine for yourself, for your family, or if you're a nurse, a professional in any way, our classes have CE units. And as a matter of fact, our 2024 Natural Nurse Herbal Certification full course is now listed. And that offers 18 CEUs for anyone who needs it, like midwives, nurses, massage therapists, acupuncturists, nutritionists, both RDs and clinical nutritionists. When you complete the Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course, you get 18 CEUs. But let's say, well, I'm not, I don't have any of those things and I don't have a license and I don't need CEUs. That's fine. You can take it and you still get a certificate of completion of the Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course. You get the certificate, but you also get the knowledge. By the time you finish that class, you can talk to an herbalist such as myself or any other herbalist and understand, like class one, the basics of herbal medicine, the vocabulary of herbal medicine, and class two, botany and botanical nomenclature. It's a beginner's class, and doesn't mean you're a botanist, but you will have an idea of botany and botanical nomenclature. And then we have a class called Using Herbs for Yourself and Your Family, so you learn how to design an effective herbal protocol so that you can help yourself and your family. Or if you're a professional, you can begin to write protocols for your clients that make sense and that one of the best things is really helps them and avoids a lot of the negative adverse effects associated with pharmaceutical therapy. And then our last class in that series is called Feeling the Consciousness of Plants. And, and then we talk about the spectacular communication internal cellular devices that have been discovered besides just the, the nature that you might think your tree talks to you when you leave your house every day, guess what? It does. And we're going to investigate the science of feeling the consciousness of plants and interspecies plant communication. So it ranges all the way from, you know, the, the very deep science of botany to things that are more esoteric and energetic in terms of how you make plant medicine and how you interact with plants. And it's a fabulous course. It's one of my favorite things that I do every year. And now's the time to sign up for it because it does get very full. And if you are considering becoming, let's say, an herbalist or a registered herbalist, all of this coursework 
you can use for any of those things, as well as your CEU credits if you are a licensed professional. So that's already listed on our website. You can go ahead and sign up now if you want to make sure you get in. It's the 2024 Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course. And we have in March, our yearly Echo Tours for Cures, the education vacation, and we go to the island of Jamaica. And I'm not talking about Jamaica, Queens, right? We actually fly and have our Echo Tour. So you can uh, go there and click the links and you'll see where we go and what it's about and, and everything having to do with that. And this class this year is actually part of Bastille University of natural health sciences. So you get actual college credit as well as having um, just an amazing lifetime experience. So that's what we are up to. What are you up to? Let us know. Hit us up at naturalnurse.com and we'd love to hear from you. Today, we are so happy as to have as our guest, Carolina Schneider. She is an RD, registered dietitian, one of those people who can get those CE units. And she is known as the Green RD. Carolina is a registered dietitian and founder of Hungry for Plants. And she specializes in plant-based nutrition and a whole food diet. Her experience combined with her passion and knowledge equip her to help others better understand the nutritional benefits of food, and how to incorporate them into your everyday life. Um, Carolina obtained her Master's of Science degree in Nutrition and Dietetics and is passionate about nutrition science and helping individuals improve health and well-being through the correct choice and relationship with food. And you can find her all kinds of places like Instagram at Hungry for Plants, Facebook, Hungry for Plants, and website, HungryForPlants.com. So you can go to any of those places, and we'll have those links live on our archive to make it easier for you to find Carolina. So thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Ellen. Thank you so much for having me. How did you come up with the name The Green RD? <laughs> Oh, that's actually a funny story. Um, I I wanted to start, um, you know, a page to help people um, as a dietitian to help people eat more plants and be healthier and feel better. Uh, and I've been kind of brainstorming names, um, you know, in the you know for a few days. And I was sleeping actually, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and this name just popped up in my head because. People make fun of me um, that I'm always eating green things. Um, so my friends are saying, your your plates are always so green. You're always eating all these green vegetables and drinking green smoothies. Um, so that, you know, and obviously plant-based, you think of the color green. So it just popped in my head, um, the green RD. Um, and, you know, it's been like this ever since. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to help people eat more green veggies, you know, and enjoy them. I think that's a great story. It's interesting because I got the name The Natural Nurse in a similar way. I was just walking along, and what happened was every time I went to the hospital, and we're talking about 1973, okay, and I was a nurse in the hospital at that time, and what I would do is look into everything, both the food people were eating in the fridge, in the staff kitchen, 
and what was in there was horrendous. We're talking about the doctors and the nurses all had, you know, salami sandwiches and uh, candy, all this horrible food in the nurse and doctor's kitchen in the hospital. And, you know, they all smoked cigarettes in there, too, as a matter of fact. A little wake-up wow. call for you youngsters out there. So I used to come in with, and there was also something called Xerox machines. Many of you may not know what that is, but you used to take a book and put it on that and make a copy, right? One of the early copy machines. And I would come in and tape this to their lunches, all the negative effects of the chemicals and dyes and preservatives and what was in the meat that was raised. And I would actually put it on their lunch. So they would say, oh, no, it's the natural nurse. <laughs> and I said, you know what? That sounds good. So I actually did trademark that name. Wow. It is so, a great name. And this is so, an amazing story. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, the thing is that you could trademark that name, too, because, you know, this is yeah. something you might want to do because then before you know it, on Facebook, there's a whole bunch of people saying the green RD and it's really your thought and really reflects to all the wonderful work you've been doing in the world all these years. Now, you, of course, are a licensed professional. You have a master's of science degree in nutrition and dietetics. What made you walk down that path to begin with? Yes, Alan. So another interesting story, I was actually studying journalism um, in college. And at that time, about 10 plus years ago, uh, my roommate was vegan, which was very unusual at that time, right? It's it's pretty common now and popular. Um, it wasn't back then. So because we lived together, we would, you know, we had to coexist. We made a lot of meals together. We, you know, cooked together. So I ended up eating a lot of plant-based uh, meals because of her and she made these delicious you know vegetable dishes um, so I was always kind of introduced to that and you know slowly I started eating more that way and I started feeling better my skin cleared up my digestion was so much better I used to suffer from constipation um, back in college and um, you know that my digestion was great my energy levels were better um, so you know obviously I attributed that to my change the change in my diet so I finished my degrees. And as I became more and more, you know, of a plant-based eater, I experienced these benefits. And I was like, well, I want everybody to feel this way. And I want to understand why I feel this way. So I wanted to make that connection between food and health. And without that science background, um, you know, it was difficult to do that. So I went back to school um, to study nutrition and, and obtain my master's in nutrition. Um, so that now I can, I can speak to the benefits and actually understand kind of the mechanisms and help other people feel that way. I think that is so important, especially because now a new phenomenon that I'm sure you're familiar with is a lot of people are saying they are something called a um, health coach nutritionist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not the same as you. No, that does not require as many years in college as I had to do. Or any. Or any so that's, that's what I don't like about that. While there might be people who are knowledgeable who are calling themselves a health coach nutritionist, they don't have the science background that you do, do. And so even though you're talking about holistic food and plant-based food, you know, which not all nutritionists are doing either, but where you're coming from is from a scientific basis 
which I think is so important. And you also, if you are doing, and I'm sure you do online consulting with clients, and mm -hmm. if you talk to them about what's going on with them, you would know when it's time to send them to a physician. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think this is a, a huge issue we have in the U.S. in particular because there are no um, really regulations when it comes to giving nutritional advice, um, whereas in other countries, it, they're very strict about it. Only dietitians can do that. Um, and here, you know, it's it's really upsetting to see that because People are getting all sorts of misinformation. They're being misguided, um, you know, and these health coaches who have no, as you said, usually no, you know, scientific back, backing, um, they take an, a certification online. They truly, you know, they don't understand the science unless they went to school for that. Um, and it's scary because they're making all these sorts of recommendations for people with chronic conditions um, and it can be putting them at harm. And they, you know, if you give them a, a scholarly journal, a, you know, a, a peer-reviewed journal, an article, you know, they wouldn't even know what to make of that. And that's really scary because we as dietitians are trained to base all of our nutritional advice on science and peer-reviewed, you know, scholarly journals. Um, so it is upsetting. I hope this changes um, and I hope we become more strict about who can give nutritional advice and medical advice, obviously, um, so that we're not putting people at risk. Now, there is a group of people who are RDs like yourself, registered dietitians, who do focus quite a bit on holistic interventions. Yeah, and, and, and that's wonderful. And a lot of RDs do, um, you know, additional education on it. Um, there's, you know, kind of like functional medicine routes that you, some courses that you can take um, and some groups, even through the Academy of Nutrition, which is, which is excellent. So after all this deep study that you did, and then you had a vegan roommate, what made you think about the fact that a plant-based diet is so important? Yeah, so it was actually both my personal experience with it and experiencing these great benefits and health changes, but also, you know, as we were just talking about, as I learned more about the science and how to even interpret science and read, you know, journals um, and, and articles, um, I learned that based on science, it is the best way to eat for, you know, disease prevention. And honestly, not only for dis preventing disease, but just simply feeling better and thriving, right? So um, improving all of your blood markers um, when it comes to, you know, kind of disease markers that we use, um, inflammatory markers, um, you know, obviously we have um, blood pressure and cholesterol levels, all of that um, improved on a plant-based diet. And a lot of the science looks at the Mediterranean diet as a great example of not not a vegan diet by any means, but a plant predominant diet, and we see over and over, um, you know, Mediterranean and plant predominant diets to be the most beneficial in terms of, um, you know, keeping us healthy. So it was really a great um, finding for me because I was already following a plant based diet, and, and that's just reiterated um, the benefits. But of course, it needs to be done carefully, and it needs to be well planned with the help of a dietitian, so that you're not missing um, or lacking any nutrients. And if you're doing it correctly, then um, you know it's an excellent diet for for health. Well, one thing that I think functional medical practitioners do a whole lot more than regular conventional medical. Our practitioners is actually do testing 
to see where someone is at in terms of a full nutritional protocol, like B vitamins and zinc. And, you know, what are your levels of vitamin D? I know you know a lot about vitamin D. How do you feel about testing for nutrients to see where someone is at? Oh, I think is extremely important, and it's it's a shame that that's not the the standard port- protocol when you go to your physician. Um, and now I've been hearing more people tell me that their vitamin D um, testing is not being covered by insurance. Um, well, oh, let me tell you that is true. In particular, because I'm old, right? So I have Medicare, and years ago I used to ask for my vitamin D to be covered, and it was, you know, just the doctor would order it. Now, when the doctor tries to order it, it's not covered by Medicare. Wow, or many other health insurances. Yeah, that's that's very upsetting. I mean, that's such an important vitamin for us to track. Um, and well, let's less- talk about vitamin D. But I'll tell you, you know, trying to get these blood tests covered is very tricky, but sometimes you just need to know the trick. Like if you have any indication of osteoporosis or osteopenia, then you can get vitamin D covered. Perfect. That's so good. It, it's just silly. Everybody should know their vitamin D level. It's, it's very important. And you tell us um, why. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm happy you brought this up because I am here today to talk to you, Ellen, about vitamin D and and the SNAP program. Um, We'll make the connection in a little bit. But, um, you know, vitamin D is crucial for your supporting your immune system. Um, We actually found this in the last few years um, with research. um, Since we had obviously the pandemic, we've seen a a really apparent relationship, um, significant relationship between your vitamin D blood levels and your risk for respiratory infection. So um, we found that really strong link between vitamin D and proper immunity, our immune system. We see um, that vitamin D deficiency um, is associated with a myriad of conditions, um, asthma, some types of cancer, chronic diseases, you know, cardiovascular disease, the number one killer in the U.S. Um, it's associated with high blood pressure, even a higher chance for type 2 diabetes. And one that's um, pretty crazy to me, um, Helen, it, having adequate levels of vitamin D blood levels can reduce your risk for preterm birth by 60%. So um, it's really associated with so many conditions and, and Again, it's something we need to have adequate levels. And most of us, about 40% of Americans, do not have. Um, so adequate. why is that? Where do you get vitamin D? And how can you be sure your levels are good? Yeah, absolutely. So sun exposure is actually the best way. However, it can be impractical because we are told to wear sunscreen. We're told to stay indoors. Um, we are staying indoors. You know, we're working from home. Um, we're, we're doing a lot of things indoors now. Um, so sun exposure is not always the most practical. Um, also, we have, you know, people of color um, have an elevated risk to vitamin D deficiency because they have um, a melanin blocking. Um, they, they, they Essentially, their melanin prevents or hinders the absorption of vitamin D. So they are more susceptible for deficiency and these chronic conditions. Um, And then think about people, you know, speaking of sunlight, people who live um, in areas, geographic areas where 
there are not there's not a lot of sunlight um you go to denmark and it's dark for most of the year you know their their summertime is very short so even if you're trying to stay outdoors sometimes it's not you know feasible and then of course um speaking of food which is my area of expertise we definitely have some foods that are um, good sources of vitamin d however um we have found you know through research again that Unfortunately, even people who are consuming these foods, which are mostly animal sources, are not um, meeting the vitamin D level. So even if you are eating foods such as um, eggs and egg yolks, fortified dairy products, um, fatty fish, salmon, um, that are, you know, good sources of vitamin D, um, you're still at a risk because we simply cannot eat our way to vitamin D levels. And then think about people like me on a plant-based diet. I'm not getting any of these food sources in my diet. So I am especially at a higher risk for vitamin D deficiency. So we're going to take a little break right here, Carolina, and um, play one of our natural medicine chests. And when we come back, we will be continuing our discussion. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse. You can find us at naturalnurse.com, and you can download this podcast automatically. Just put it in your podcast app, whatever that might mean. <laughs> you probably know more than I do about that, but just look for The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, and we're on Progressive Radio Network. And we will be right back with more with our guest, Carolina Schneider registered dietitian, the Green RD. Mission of the Natural Medicine Test will discuss an herb we all know and love, cinnamon. Ah, the spicy, sweet smell of cinnamon. Everyone recognizes the familiar aroma of this common kitchen spice. But did you know that cinnamon is an exotic plant bark with a long history of medicinal use in many countries throughout the world? Cinnamon was listed as an herb with medicinal properties in Chinese literature as early as 2700 BC. It is described in the Chinese medical text, the Tang Materia Medica, written in 659 AD. Cinnamon also enjoys traditional use in Ayurvedic medicine, the ancient healing art of India. It is mentioned in the Book of Moses and has been cultivated in Ceylon and Sri Lanka since 1200 AD where much of the world's supply is still grown. In Europe, cinnamon was regarded as a rare and precious spice. Many pharmaceutical substances such as cough syrups and digestive tonics contain cinnamon. It was also used as an incense and in perfumes. According to Chamberlain, writing in France in 1887, cinnamon possesses the greatest antiseptic properties. Cinnamon is gathered from the dried inner bark of the branches of a small tropical evergreen laurel tree. The bark is peeled off, and as the pieces are dried, they curl up into quills. These are the common cinnamon sticks that are used in herb teas and for baking. In Chinese medicine, cinnamon is one of the most widely used warming herbs to aid in circulation and digestion. It is a common ingredient in small amounts in tea used for nausea during pregnancy. It is also used following delivery to decrease hemorrhage. Cinnamon raises vitality, warms and stimulates all the vital functions of the body, counteracts congestion, improves the digestive system, relieves abdominal spasms, and aids in peripheral circulation. The essential oils contained in cinnamon include eugenol, cinnaminic aldehyde, methyl eugenol, tannins, and mannitol, which gives cinnamon its sweet flavor. It also contains synzenolin and synzenolol, which are both known insecticides. 
Try putting some liquid soap and cinnamon in a spray bottle and use on plants as an organic bug repellent. Cinnamon is also included in many medicinal recipes that are used for lice, scabies, and other skin parasites. Cinnamon has antifungal, antiviral, and bactericidal activities. It has been shown to suppress E. coli, Staphylococcus, and Candida albicans. So, listeners, the next time you inhale that sweet, spicy aroma, remember there's more to cinnamon than meets the nose as you reach into your natural medicine chest. And we're back. Thank you so much for joining us right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. This is your host, Ellen Kamai, The Natural Nurse, and we love to hear from you. Just go to naturalnurse.com where you can connect with us or Facebook The Natural Nurse or Instagram The Natural Nurse or, you know, any of a number of places. But you can send us a message through The Natural Nurse or through naturalnurse.com. And we do get back to you. We love to hear about, like, what topic would you like to hear? You know, we have over 2,000. They're called podcasts now, but when we started them in 1987, they were called radio shows. Nonetheless, they're available for you for free um, anytime you'd like. And we have lots of classes and workshops. We have, for instance, information on what to do for your family, for digestive health, for respiratory health. For heart health and all of those are in-depth PowerPoint presentations along with a lecture and the handouts. So for a very nominal fee, you can actually have all of that to use whenever you want to use when someone has something that you need to address naturally and all that information is there for you at Natural Nurse Academy. If you Google Natural Nurse Academy, you will find the full list of classes that you can take. Also at naturalnurse.com, events and classes, all the up and coming classes are there, like the ones on herbal manufacturing, legal considerations, which we're doing this Sunday. So it's sort of all the time, every day, that's what we do, bring you information about natural health. And today we're bringing you a wonderful guest, Carolina Schneider, who has a master's degree as well as being an RD, which is a registered dietitian. And her passion and knowledge has moved her to really focus on whole food, plant-based diet. And thank you so much for being our guest today, Carolina. Thank you for having me, Ellen. I also love that you did mention the Mediterranean diet, which I really feel, you know, what I love to do with people is do what you talked about, which is really do in-depth testing because each individual has different needs. But sometimes those in-depth tests are not covered. So that makes it only available to people of means, you know, various versus someone who has uh, medical insurance like Medicaid or something like that because it won't cover all that testing. So a very good place to start is a Mediterranean diet. And what I like about that is it's not just strictly vegan and not just strictly cold raw food vegan. It's very balanced. It's mostly vegetables, some high omega-3 kinds of grains like quinoa and things like that, not a lot of just pasta and meat. So it's a really, really good diet. 
for most people. And then, of course, it can even be um, more targeted if an individual works with someone like yourself. Well, you'll know every person might have a different specific best diet. Absolutely, Alan. The Mediterranean diet, you know, has been found over and over um, to be one of the best diets for just optimal health and disease prevention. Um, and as, as you said, it is really balanced. It's, it's pretty flexible. So um, it's not, you know, too strict because that's always hard for people to follow. So um, it's it's a pretty um, easy to follow diet that includes mostly vegetables, as you said, a lot of healthy fats, um, you know, fish, um, olive oil, olives, and um, plenty of grains and veggies. Um, but Ellen, you know, one thing you mentioned, to, kind of going back to the vitamin D, and you said, you know, you no longer, um, you're no longer covered um, to to get it tested, which is really upsetting. Um, another thing on that end is, you know, some people when they are vitamin D deficient, we were talking about food sources not being adequate. Um, you know, we. We recommend a, a supplementation, you know, a supplement. Um, and many people in the U.S., millions of Americans on the SNAP program, which is what we used to call food stamps, you know, don't have that that luxury of um, purchasing supplementation. So I would love to talk to you and even hear your your thoughts on this. Um, on you know people having access to vitamin D supplementation, so that we can try to close that gap. You know, as you know, as a health professional of vitamin D deficiency, which is really so prevalent here in the U.S. That makes so much sense. Let's first talk about, like you have introduced, how many illnesses are related to low vitamin D levels. Yes. So, of course, we have, um, you know, the, the bone conditions, osteoporosis, osteopenia, which we need vitamin D um, to absorb calcium. Um, which is important for bone health and bone strength. Um, but, you know, Helen, I, I mentioned earlier um, that having adequate levels of vitamin D um, can reduce preterm birth by 60%, um, some types of cancer by 65%. Um, and then we have conditions that people may not think about that relate to vitamin D, such as mental health, um, depression, um, and anxiety, these um, depression, we see a, a big correlation between vitamin D levels and the risk for depression, respiratory illnesses and infections, as we saw in the last few years with the pandemic, asthma as well. Um, and then, of course, our big chronic conditions are highly associated with vitamin D deficiency as well, cardiovascular issues, um, you know, high, high blood pressure and type 2 diabetes. That's a pretty long list there. It is too long. <laughs> But especially for a vitamin that is extremely easy to get in a supplement. Absolutely. And not expensive at all. So I think one of the things you're talking about is allow, especially people who get SNAP, because in order to get SNAP, you do have to be in a lower income bracket. So allowing them to purchase something like vitamin D with SNAP. Is that what you're talking about or just getting foods that might have vitamin D? Yeah, no, it's actually getting the, the supplements, Alan, because, um, you know, interestingly enough, um, with SNAP, the, what we used to call food stamps, 
you can purchase any food item. So all foods are allowed, which is great. You know, people do have access um, to natural product stores. They can shop at local independent grocers um, to buy fruits, vegetables, whole grains. And, you know, if they eat eggs, which is, again, a source of vitamin D, they can purchase whole eggs. Um, so it's, it's great in that sense. Um, however, as we've learned, and unfortunately, I am the perfect example. You know, I know how to eat, but because of my diet, I am at a higher risk for vitamin D deficiency. And I actually am vitamin D deficient if I don't take supplements. So unfortunately, we can't always meet all of these needs through diet alone. Um, so, you know, what, what I'm kind of advocating for here as a health professional is to give people on SNAP the chance to use their benefits to purchase a vitamin D supplement if needed. Of course, um, not for everyone, but if you go to the doctor, which you should be, you know, once a year, and hopefully you're covered, right, Ellen? You said you're not covered, and, and that that was news to me. To get the test. Yeah, not get covered to, Right, not covered to get the test. This is Medicare, straight Medicare, no. But if I tell the doctor, well, you know, um, I, I've been diagnosed with osteopenia, then they can write it. Okay. So they have that. to have a reason. Like for B vitamins, if you have any kind of neurological issue, then they can write a test for B vitamins. It's so backwards. I really think everybody from childhood on, at least once a year or even once every two years, should have a full vitamin panel. You can avoid so many deadly diseases by just keeping those levels up. And they're different for everyone. So many, Alan, and you know, we know as health professionals, a lot of these vitamin uh, vitamin deficiencies and even mineral deficiencies, you don't have immediate symptoms. So for, you know, sometimes you may not even know. I mean, you know, I felt a little tired, you know, I I could tell a little bit, but I would never had attributed that to vitamin D before I was a dietitian. I had no idea. So um, most people don't know, and they're not going to ask for the test you know, unless they have really apparent symptoms. So yeah, it's completely backwards, as you said. And then we see that, you know, 40 million Americans who rely on the program SNAP to put food on the table each month for their, you know, children. And, and there's about 70% of these families that are families with children. Well, they're not concerned about buying supplements, right? I mean, they're concerned about um, making ends meet and, and buying foods for their families. So you know, would you use your, your SNAP benefits to purchase supplements? I mean, personally, I wouldn't. I would buy food. So this is why this is so um, important, um, you know, for me as a health professional to, to make sure people have access at least to the option of purchasing vitamin D supplements if they need it using their benefits. So that way it's not coming out of their pocket. Um, you know, it's included in their SNAP benefits. And the best part, Ellen, it, it wouldn't cost Congress anything to add that um, into SNAP. It is a lengthy process, of course, but um, it wouldn't cost them anything. And I think that would solve just so many um, issues that we have, and it would just prevent so many of these conditions that we talked about, right? In making sure people have adequate vitamin D levels, it would be one less thing that we would have to worry about. It's true, but there are different forms of vitamin D. And one that I personally use is actually called Nature's Answer Vitamin D. And it's in a little glass bottle with nothing added at all except extra virgin olive oil. And so it's so inexpensive because in one little teeny bottle, there's 260 servings. 
Wow. For that, and it costs about $10. So that means that's for the year, right? Just about close yeah. to a year and super inexpensive. But there's many different brands on the market and it's really not an expensive vitamin anyway, which is good. I mean, I don't think people should wait for Congress to act to go ahead and get some vitamin D. I, I completely agree, Ellen. And, you know, for people who are on SNAP, you know, if they're wondering, well, what can I do while we wait for this to hopefully pass at the end of the year when they renew the farm bill? Um, you know, there's a few things that you can do. Obviously, Ellen, you and I always talked about it. I was here last year on your, on your show. We always talk about a wholesome diet, right? So that's the first step, you know, prioritizing wholesome foods, trying to get as much of, you know, minimally processed foods in your diet. Fruits, well, I want to, I want to come in here because I'm sure you have something to say about that. Um, of my clients and those people who are on SNAP, both I have people that are a lot older also who are on SNAP, they feel that they're limited in their food choices, but so many people, including families, but they're eating at McDonald's. <laughs> so they think that they're saving money. I mean, I was a single mom and I raised two kids and it was very inexpensive to purchase vegetables, even um, healthy foods and cook at home even once a week and then prepare soup and things the kids could just warm up. It was much less expensive and much more nutritionally supportive than going to a junk food restaurant. Uh, 100%. And I see this all the time when I work with people and that misconception that, you know, eating healthy or plant-based or not, yet eating healthy is expensive. If you think about the main staple items on a whole food plant-based diet, you know, we're talking about beans, lentils, peas, um, you know, brown rice, um, any fruits and vegetables that are in season. These foods are very inexpensive. If you, you know, oats, if you buy that in bulk, you know, dry beans, that's very inexpensive. And that's a great source of our so, of so many nutrients. So um, if you need think about buying, you know, a piece of steak or fish, even that, um, it is a lot more expensive. So I think it's a big misconception, Ellen, as you said. And unfortunately, in the U.S., the fast food chains are so easily reachable and accessible to people. But they're uh, not that inexpensive, especially if you tag in not just the cost of the food, but the suffering caused by eating those foods. Oh, absolutely. And and again, you know, you don't feel good after eating them for many reasons. But um, Ellen, one wonderful thing that, you know, you can tell your, your clients on SNAP and people you know, um, that SNAP actually gives you access to most natural um, product stores and uh, independent grocers, which usually prioritize, you know, local produce from local farmers. So you're supporting the your local economy and you're getting access to fresh fruits and vegetables. And it's actually, Ellen, really easy to find out. Um, you can just Google natural grocers directory or you can go to the infra um, store directory, which is the independent retailers directory. And even in, in the USDA website, when you're looking at the SNAP um offerings and where you can use your SNAP benefits, you can just type those. Or if you know a local natural uh, product store near you, um, it's very likely that you do have access. So you can use your SNAP benefits. All these excellent local stores that are prioritizing wholesome foods and you know local farmers, which is so amazing. Actually, a lot of farmers markets 
A lot of the people who go bring their produce to farmers markets take either SNAP or there are sometimes other more localized food coupon benefits that's very, you know, cheap or free, free to get that you can use at the farmer's market. So it's really the the purchaser and the person providing food for their uh, family who needs to make this decision. And it's not based on that you have to be have more money. That's what it's not based on, which is a misconception. I couldn't agree more. Farmer's market are a perfect example um, of, you know, it's fun to go with your family. It's you know, a nice like Saturday outing, depending on the day of the week your farmer's market is. You can use your benefits in most of them. Um, I haven't you know seen any issues with that, with access. And you're supporting your local farmers. I mean, that's so great. You're getting access to these nutritious foods. And Ellen, you know, other things that people can do, we were talking about, you know, not waiting for Congress to pass this. You can take advantage of... Um, discount codes and, and manufacturer discounts for vitamin D supplements. Um, there are many out there. If you just, you can Google it, um, or if you go to the grocery store, sometimes they have coupons um, to purchase vitamin D supplements. If you, you know, if you need it, definitely get your blood work um, done and um, prioritizing these, you know, wholesome foods and lo- shopping at these independent grocery stores is just great steps um, to, you know, work towards um, good, adequate. um, Well, Carolina, I have another question for you. Uh, In terms of vitamin D supplementation, let's say somebody is not able to get a test, but they're wondering, should they just take it anyway? Because unless you're doing very, very high amounts, there's not much danger to overdosing. Yep. That is correct. Um, There's a lot of science looking at, because vitamin D is a a fat-soluble vitamin, which usually is, is, these are type of vitamins that your body does not um, remove or excrete easily. So that usually is a concern, but with vitamin D specifically, Alan, um, we do not see um, like overdosing our toxicity levels. Um, It's only at really high amounts that most people are not getting. So you are completely correct. Um, You can definitely supplement a vitamin D3. Um, They're normal versions and there's the also vegan vegetarian versions if you're not consuming animal products you can buy um lichen based vitamin d3 if you are vegan um but yeah this is a like you said it's an inexpensive um vitamin it's it's really effective and you don't need to take crazy amounts you can start on that chances are most people do need a supplement ellen unfortunately so um you're completely right and, and hopefully um you know you can get the blood work done through your physician included in your insurance um, so you can monitor the levels. Now, you mentioned that the farm bill, has this recommendation actually made it into the farm bill? So the farm bill um, is being renewed at the end of the year, and it does not. So we're trying to bring this to the attention of Congress. You know, I'm working with this amazing nonprofit organization. They do beautiful work. Um, They're called Organic and Natural Health Association, and they're just amazing advocates for just giving people more access to nutrition, right? Um, Well, currently, Congress, this is not aware or has no plans of including vitamin D. So that's why we're here. Um, You know, I'm trying to make my voice heard um, as a health professional to speak to Congress representatives um, to bring that up. And actually, Ellen, this is really easy to do because I personally didn't know how to reach out to my, (laughs) to my local Congress representative, but um, 
this organic and natural health association nonprofit did all the work. Um, you can go to their website, all for vitamin D.org. And that's the number four, all for vitamin D.org. You click take action. There's a tab on the top and then you put your zip code and it populates this letter, you know, arguing for vitamin D to snap to your local Congress person based on your zip code. So it's really easy. It takes about two minutes. You put your name and your zip code and it sends a letter, you know, so that's what I've been trying to do, um, you know, and kind of raise awareness so we can hopefully get this passed so that all of Americans on SNAP will have at least the option to purchase vitamin D supplements. That's one. That's a wonderful project that you're involved with. It's Thanks. really, really helpful. And I'm looking also at your website, hungryforplants.com, and you have two beautiful eBooks that you offer. And we're talking today with Carolina Schneider, MSRD. And tell us about these books that you offer. Yes, Ellen. So, you know, working as a dietitian, I am always getting asked for recipe ideas. You know, you probably get this too on your show. And people like um, not only knowing what to eat, but knowing how to put that in practice in an easy, convenient way. I am not a cook by any means. I do love to cook, but I don't spend a lot of time cooking. So I really pride myself in making um, easy, quick recipes that are still very wholesome, of course. Um, so I decided to start out ebook because I would get this question so often, you know, how can I make easy recipes, quick recipes, plant-based? Um, so I made an ebook with my personal favorite recipes, about 16 recipes that I really make regularly on a weekly basis um, and just you know have that on my website for people um, it's just a pdf um, ebook and um, yeah so people can make easy recipes at home that's a nice thing to offer because you're right the same people may not know exactly like where to start and like you said this is not super expensive so you don't have to you know be at a certain level of money i mean if you have no money you have to be pretty low income to get snap to begin with and really they've been cutting it quite a bit too unfortunately yeah. but that doesn't mean you can't choose healthy food like you shared there's a lot of places where you can get fruits and vegetables um, and they're not that expensive when you're talking about let's say making beans and rice and cabbage and even throwing in some chicken if you do eat animal products yes it would be wonderful if that's all organic but even if it isn't that's a healthy meal versus a fast food restaurant absolutely i'm glad you brought this up because i do get this question a lot you know organic versus conventional and of course um organic is preferred but i would why much... why do you think it is why do you think organic is better yeah i mean we we do have a a, a process to get the you know the usda organic certification for less use of chemicals and pesticides um so it's just a, a more natural approach i mean there are um types of pesticides that are allowed in the organic certification, as I'm sure you know, um, but they're, you know, told, they, they tell us these are better options, um, more natural, um, which I believe that, and at least, you know, organically grown food will have less, uh, you know, exposure to these pesticides and chemicals that um, can be endocrine disruptors um, and other implications in our body, you know, in the long term. Right, so if we can avoid them, it's better. So there are levels of what we can do, you know, everything from terrible to excellent, and where we all fall on that ladder, 
might be different, but we can do the best we can within whatever limitations we have. Because people I've met have said, oh, well, I live in a food desert. Um, I go, oh, well, still, though, you know, you can find cabbage there. Um, I've seen it in like a little bodega, things yeah. like that. Yeah. So, you know, you can make better choices with, with whatever you have at the time. Absolutely, Ellen. I couldn't agree more. And um, just prioritizing more wholesome foods, you know, whether organic or conventional, whatever, you know, you have access to financially speaking or geographically speaking, it's just excellent. Just getting more fruits and vegetables in your diet is just a really great step, you know, in the right direction. What about frozen? Frozen are, you know, frozen um, fruits and veggies are excellent as well. You know, it's I almost- really believe that. I really believe that because, boy, is it great to have that in your freezer when you're in a rush. Absolutely. It's just a thing to always have, as you said, a kind of like a plan B that's always there for you. But actually, sorry, Ellen, I've um, read studies on the nutritional content of frozen fruits and vegetables, and they're comparable to fresh and actually they last longer right because they're frozen so um they they harvest these fruits and vegetables at the peak of their nutrition they flash freeze them um just cook them really quickly or heat them up for a second um and then it, it maximizes those nutrients you keeping them frozen which makes it last a little bit longer than fresh so they're pretty excellent if you're just buying Fruits and vegetables. So make sure you're reading the ingredient label and there's, you know, no sauces with the veggies. It's just, you know, plain. Um, these are excellent sources, choices to have in your freezer. Yeah, I think so. They're quick and easy. They taste really well. And you can cook them really quickly with a little steaming or if you use a micro- microwave, um, they cook really, really quickly. Absolutely, Ellen. Yes. So, you know, these are all amazing tips. And I think if people just prioritize more wholesome foods, um, you know, get your vitamin D levels checked if possible. If not, take advantage of coupons for vitamin D supplementation and, you know, help us help other millions of Americans um, with the allforvitamind.org website to hopefully get Congress to include that as an option for, you know, Americans and SNAP. It sounds like a wonderful idea. And one little trick I sometimes give for kids, but for adults as well, is you get black index cards, like white index cards, and then you get colored markers. And every time you put something in your mouth, you put a line that color on the index card. And your homework is to make a rainbow by the end of each day. That's so sweet. I love that. That's yeah. fun. I'll say one gentleman who um, was my client years ago, he came back a week later and he showed me all these brightly colored index cards. I said, wow, that's great. He said, yeah, I I ate uh, Twiddles every day, which are like candies that have all different colors in them. I said, oh, well, who are we cheating there? And I just laughed. But by the next week, he came back with actually, you know, broccoli and red pepper and all those kinds of things. Oh, yeah, no, of those the candy don't count. Sorry. Only real foods that are colorful. <laughs> right. But it's easy enough because that is what's really colorful. If you're eating fast food from a fast food restaurant, you're getting almost everything like that's brown and white. Yep. Absolutely. No variety there. And we know that, you know, the most colors we consume, the better it is because we're getting different nutrients and, um, you know, phytochemicals from plants and their pigments. 
It's true. Well, I want to thank you so much for being our guest today. Carolina Schneider, MSRD, The Green RD. What's the best place for people to look for you? And I see that there's little videos you've been on before that are all really easily accessible. Anyone can watch them on your website. Yes, Ellen. So my website, hungryforplants.com, it's a you know, great way to learn more about my work and check out my ebook. Um, my Instagram, Carolina, The Green RD, is um, the best place to find my videos with recipes and things that I share on a daily basis. And then to learn more about, you know, the vitamin D work that we're doing with SNAP, um, just go to all4vitamind.org. And that's the number four. And you can take action um, by clicking the take action tab and just filling out your name, your zip code, the letter will auto populate and you just send that to your local Congress. So hopefully we can get this passed by the end of the year and help millions of Americans. Well, thank you so much for all the great work that you do and hope you have a wonderful week, Carolina. Thank you so much for having me again. It's such a pleasure and you have a great week as well. And thank you listeners for joining us once again for another edition of The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z right here on Progressive Radio Network. Dot FM, And you can listen live at that link, progressiveradionetwork.fm, or catch us on any of the podcast venues of your choice, um, iHeartRadio and Apple and all those great places. So we will speak again soon and hope that you stay healthy. 